0: Some news from all around the league, right? Uh, Let's start in Brooklyn. It's kind of a nice story. Here's a guy you probably don't know. That was a Chris Collinsworth line. Here's a guy you probably don't know. Probably don't know what he looks like. Probably don't know that he went to Xavier. Probably don't know that he plays point guard. Probably don't know that he played for the Indiana Pacers and blew out his Achilles. But we're going to tell you about him because he's actually impactful. Edmund, Edmund Sumner. Probably one of the greatest steals of the offseason, honestly. And if you don't know him, 6'6", point guard out of Xavier. He averaged 15 a game there in college, right? Drafted 52nd by the Pels. Ended up on the Pacers for four years. Increases his minutes year after year after year. Finishes the 2020-2021 season. Really as a good player off the bench. Averaged 8-2-2, two two, including 13-3-2 in the games leading up to the to the injury the last 10 games. He was actually just really getting better Game after game. Pops his Achilles. Costs him all of last year. And then he gets traded by the Pacers. Because he was becoming pretty important to the very, like, sticky offense. But, you know, these things happen. They have Tyrese Halliburton. They're going to go get another guard. They've got Chris Duarte. So that's fine. So he gets traded in the T.J. Warren trade and then waived immediately. Waved. But the Nets decide to take a flyer on him bring him back to the team. Resigned. So they're like, all right, what is he doing? Now with Kyrie Irving out from suspension, he has just been absolutely a glue guy for this team. Eleven, three and two, with forty percent shooting forty percent from three, and very really overlooked. Like you can watch him shoot five threes in a night. Just Some nights he's like 3 for 4, some nights 2 for 4, some nights, you know, 0 for 2. But, man, they need a guy who can take care of the ball. And one of the reasons, really, that the Nets are playing well defensively, and I've said this before, they're holding opponents outside of that Lakers team that put up 116 on them, but they're holding opponents under 100 points per game. And Edmund Sumner, big reason why. This is what he said in a recent interview. The schemes are still the same. We're doing the same stuff. I just feel like we're really now covering for one another. If I get beat off the bounce, I know somebody's right there to pick me up. I'll bounce off and roll to the other guy. So I feel like we're just really coming together. We're in a lot more games, and if we're willing to sacrifice, we're really trusting guys more. I know he didn't mean anything by that comment, but like that was a shot, right, Kyrie? That was a sh- that was a shot at Kyrie. That was a shot at Ben Simmons. I don't know, cause like. All of a sudden, they're playing world-class defense when Kyrie's not in the lineup, and he's coming back maybe sometime soon, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Other people are noticing, though. Kevin Durant is one of them. This is what he said about Sumner. It's a tough injury to come back from. You don't know how you'll feel. You don't know how your body will respond. And he's going out there trying some stuff. That's the best way for you to get over an injury is just try to test yourself and push yourself to the limit. He's getting into the paint. He's making threes, and he's just playing fast. And, man, he has been fun. He's so big. 6'6", six, 6'8", six, six, wingspan. He's almost as big as Jeremy Grant, and Jeremy Grant plays four. Edmund Sumner plays point guard. Edmund Sumner is everywhere. I love this for him. I love this for the Nets. And with TJ Warren slated to come back soon, you know, they're kind of like PB&J. They have a connection from when they played for with uh, the Pacers. And the Nets just taking chances might actually help salvage the season. But good for Edmund Sumner. Will Kyrie bet come back? I don't know. But Edmund Sumner making the most out of his opportunities, and you got to feel good about that. I mentioned earlier that Joel Embiid balled out against the Utah Jazz. And I did mention that it took everything from him in order for them to win this game. But I wanted to look at the game a little closer. Because I I feel like there were two lessons from the game that we can take away from it. One, Embiid is is on another planet. He's one of the most unique players I think we've seen in a long, long time. Embiid in this game that I did not go to because I wanted to watch the Memphis Grizzlies play the Wizards. Uh, Embiid had an all-timer, like literally. 59 points. That's sick all, all alone. This man put up almost 60 points. 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and 7 blocks. I didn't make that stat line up. That's a real stat line. According to uh, one of these reporters that covers the Sixers, Embiid is the first player to record at least 50 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and 5 blocks in a game since when? Ever. Ever! He's the first man to ever do that since they began tracking blocks in 1973. My God. Embiid. Unstoppable in the fourth quarter, too. He was seven for eight in the eighth in the fourth quarter. He basically barely missed that eighth shot. Turn around, step back three, just kind of rattled in and out of the room. He could have been perfect for the fourth quarter. Had five blocks in the fourth quarter. And the best part about it was he trash-talked Laurie Markkinen in the final minute. He was like, hey, Lori, you got to miss these free throws because I got to put my son to sleep, and he did. I don't want overtime. And after the game, Embiid says, yeah, I lied to him. Arthur's in bed by that time anyway. He's in bed every damn night at 7.30 sharp. I love this. I love Embiid so much. 60-point game, still fucking around, talking shit to Laurie Markkinen lying about putting his son to sleep. And the second thing I think we should really look at is, man, the Sixers have no margin for error, do they? They almost lost to the Utah Jazz, and he put up a historic performance, and, and they almost still lost. The only reason that they won that game is because Laurie Markkinen missed some free throws, and a couple of layups were missed by the Jazz. Otherwise, it was going to be night-night like you read about for them this is just not a very good team like nobody's talking just like nobody's talking about the Houston Rockets nobody's talking about how bad things are for the Sixers yeah James Harden's out with with an injury he's out for a month and you think he's coming back to save you he's not things were bad beforehand right this is not a great team they've had to rely on multiple massive games from Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey for that matter in order to be even be in games to beat good teams the Utah game was a one-possession game with less than two minutes to go. No way MB should have to go off for 60 points and still not be blowing out a team, still be having to shit-talk Laurie marketing down the stretch and, like, force him to miss a free throw just so you can go home with a W. That, to me, is an indictment on Doc Rivers. That's an indictment on... My man Daryl Morey, the way this roster is constructed, and with Harden returning in the next couple of weeks, integrating him back into the offense probably means even more growing pains. More on that to come, but boy, oh boy, are the Sixers in a very hot spot. Oh, Anthony Davis. Oh, my God. I made a TikTok about Anthony Davis the other day, and I get it. Laker fans up in arms. Green Bay fans up in arms. Yes, that's where they intersected. A.D. had a massive game, massive game against the Brooklyn Nets. And he said he was inspired by Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers to spark him towards a 37-point rampage. Okay, we've got questions for this, right, first of all. If Laker fans can't find anything funny, about my man Data Davis being inspired by a three and six football team, widely seen as the most disappointing team of 2022 with massive expectations. I don't know. I don't know. To, you just don't have a good sense of humor, honestly. Like, it's hilarious. That's, that's, I saw that and I was like, this writes itself. This writes itself. AD said this. I was watching the Green Bay Packers game against the Cowboys, and Aaron Rodgers threw a slant to Alan Lazard for 40 yards. Kind of a miracle, actually, because Alan Lazard hasn't been catching balls. And he started screaming. He started flexing. And it gave me some motivation before the game, knowing we had to get this win, knowing that a lot of guys, especially with LeBron out, lean on me to get the job done. Alan Lazard And Aaron Rodgers flexing, it's not even the move, it was the flexing after the move. Yelling and flexing that inspired Anthony Davis. Let that sink in just for a minute. This is a grown person paid handsomely to win basketball games and be inspired not by a random game. What if that game didn't take place? What, he's going to put up 14, 6, and 2? What the hell am I t- What are we saying here? What, Lakers? And that gives the Lakers their third win on the season. We are now talking about what gave us motivation. I don't know, Anthony Davis. You might be traded. How about that for motivation? God, he is hard. To, he is hard to root for. I like him, but he is hard to root for. Keeping with L.A., the L.A. Times took a poll recently. And they named the greatest Lakers of all time. And there is now a hot controversy in the streets. Because there is a Laker legend that got snubbed. Let me explain. So the poll finished in the following order. It's number one is Magic, obviously. No controversy there. Kobe Bean Bryant, number two. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number three. Jerry West, four. Fine with that. Elgin Baylor, five. Shaquille O'Neal then comes in, LeBron James and George Mikan tied. A lot of room for debate. My top four, not in any order, probably Jerry West, building the bedrock of the Lakers organization from a player perspective and as a GM, Magic, Kobe, Kareem, then probably Shaq. I'm sure you probably have a different Mount Rushmore, it's fine. But there is one former Laker that is just absolutely steaming that he didn't make the list. Who could it be? Rack your brain. Think about it. Who's not on the list that deserves to be on the list? The shame. The, the audacity to leave him off this list. Think about it. Who could it be? Who could it be? Is it Derek Fisher? No. Is it Robert Orie? No. Is it Brian Shaw? Brian Shaw would never do that. He's much too humble to be pissed about anything. He's awesome. No. It's Nick Young. Swaggy P. Are we serious? Yes, the legend. Swaggy P. Yes, the top 75 list made the rounds, and Nick Young is pissed off that he's not on that list. He was, he's been out of the league for four years, and he's pissed. He wants you to know that was a disrespectful list towards him. He said, the hate is real. Why y'all hate me, but... Love me. Nick Young. Nick, Nick, Nick Young. I love him. He's salty about this. Remember D'Angelo Russell and the Snapchat incident? Nick, you could say Nick Young and, and D'Angelo Russell broke the Lakers. They've never been the same since. They won that little bubble title, and they've never been the same. Nick Young was never a Laker great. He won a title with the Warriors. He ranks outside of the top 100 in total win shares while with the Lakers. He's not even in the universe, not even in the atmosphere. He shot 40% from the field, period, his entire Laker career. And, of course, they never made the playoffs while he was there, so that's important to note as well. However, Nick Young, don't worry. Rest easy. You should rest easy knowing that even though you're not a top 75 Laker, you would 100% make a lot of other top 75 lists. So here's here's the list. There's a short list of top 75s that Nick Young would definitely make. Let's go through it. Top 75 most memeable NBA moments for the gif of him walking away with his hands up celebrating a three that did not go in. That one is an all-timer. I use it all the time. I use it once a week. Top 75 ridiculous NBA statements for saying he was the greatest three-point shooter in NBA history in 2014 and saying he'd have scored 46,000 points by his 20th season in the league. He played 12 years, and he scored 8,000 points. Top 75, probably number one with the bullet. Fastest engagements blown up by having someone secretly record your tales of infidelity when D'Angelo Russell taped him on Snapchat, bragging about all the times that he cheated on Iggy Azalea. Don't even know how he got it, Iggy Azalea. Top 75 worst takes on college, women's college basketball when he called the women's Final Four JV ball because they didn't bring in the big bucks and then claimed his IG was hacked. Also probably goes on the probably most ridiculous statements as well. Top 75 least accountable NBA players, when he admitted when he was a rookie as a wizard, he and Andre Blatch were quote-unquote messing around, I think, with one of the cheerleaders or assistants, and then they found out people was blaming us like it was our fault that she got fired. <laughs> Top 75 worst responses to the Eme Udoka controversy when he said things get happen when you get bored. I mean, we could go on and on. Top 75 most violent plays in a church league basketball game when he allegedly grew enraged and jumped another player when the ref missed a call, then attacked the player, and it ended up in a lawsuit. Top 75 worst reactions when Lil Nas X came out and said he was gay. When he tweeted, My kids will never play Old Town Road again on the speaker box. Wow. Wow. And, of course, finally, top 75 people who love cocaine. When he said on a live stream, I want people to pass me cocaine, everybody needs to do cocaine. Swaggy P, there's no one like him. Keep doing you. Top 75 on my list, Swaggy P, you're one of my top 75 Lakers. Just none of them are about your ability to play basketball. That's all the time that we have for the heat check. We'll be back Friday with an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes. Uh, we've got some divisions, I think, that we're going to preview tonight. Uh, we've got some interviews coming up. So check forward, check backwards. They're going to drop pretty much every day. Do not forget to download. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends and follow us. Follow us on This Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram because more posts will happen there. Thank you so much to you all for listening to. Me clowning around about the NBA. And thank you so much to my producer, Nick Berlansky, for doing all this uh, magic behind the scenes and putting up with me on the air. Talk to you soon.